Do you like feeling good? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Positive Thinking, the podcast created to uplift and encourage you while giving practical tools to keep Christ at the center of your life. Like a painter dips his paintbrush in vibrant colors to color a painting, you can come here to be reminded that you are redeemed, filling your world with a kaleidoscope of biblical principles. Here to bless you, welcome your host, an author, retired naval officer, CEO, and Christ follower, Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. Hey, you guys, I'm excited to come on today to bless you with this awesome word. I put a podcast out yesterday and I'm going to tell you, it went out and then as we went back to look at the retaping of it, the whole thing um, from like position 38 forward was cut off. So we had to go in and retape podcast 45, but that is quite all right because guess what? The word is still going to bless you on today. No different than if we had to put out the first one. But I wanted to just jump on and tell you guys that the Lord loves you and that he has so many marvelous things in store for you if you would just continue on your journey with him. That's what I hear the Lord saying. Continue on your journey with him. I don't know where you're at on today. I don't know if you are suffering with some type of uh, discouragement, that something may have went opposite in the way that you thought it was going to go, but God is saying on today, move on, keep going. He has a plan concerning your life and he's going to perfect that concerning you on today. He says that he's going to work it all to completion and you're going to come out as pure gold. I hear the Lord saying that it was all a setup. Everything that happened was a setup to bless you on today. And that is what my word is going to talk about. It's going to give you some clarity on what is going on in your life right now. How many of you know that the Lord would not have us ignorant to what is happening around us? He will release a word for a right now situation. And that's what he's doing through me on today as his oracle. I tell you that I love you guys and we're going to jump right in. I hope you grabbed your pen, your paper, whatever it is that you do to write, you know, your phones, if you type the information in there, but I pray that you grab it and get ready to take copious notes because this word is going to be a word that you may have to chew on for the next couple of days just to understand all that God is doing for you. And not only that, you're going to see just how much he loves you and how he has not left you or forgotten about your particular situation in this season. If I had to title today's topic, I would title it flowing in the right direction, flowing in the right direction flowing in the right direction. Now, I don't know if you just jumped onto this particular portion of the podcast, but if you did, I'm going to give you a quick recap. We have been in what's called the flow series, F-L-O-W, the flow series. And the flow series is talking about how to get in the flow of the anointing, how to see and recognize a true flow or move of God. And then this is the last podcast, which is podcast 45. And this one talks about once you can um, do what was in podcast 43, podcast 43 was to understand and recognize and get in the flow. God is flowing his anointing like never before over people. It says in the word of God that he in the last days will flow 
and allow that anointing to rest upon flesh and men would see visions, etc., etc. So he's doing those things even now. And podcast 43 begins to explain that by way of vision because the Lord gave me a vision of a waterfall, which talks about the triune God waterfall and how all those different pieces of the waterfall, the Godhead, God himself, the Jesus Christ and the uh, Holy Spirit, they're all flowing from this waterfall into this one direction, creating one magnificent, beautiful and powerful flow. So I would challenge you to go back to 43 to catch that. And then if you already listened to 43, but you didn't get a chance to listen to 44, podcast 44 tells you a little bit about understanding and recognizing a true move of God. And when we have a true move of God or a true flow of the spirit, it often creates some things that we don't necessarily anticipate that's going to happen. So go back to that podcast and it helps you to recognize what you can expect when a true move of God comes so that you don't find yourself on the wrong end of the spectrum. And now today we are in podcast 45. I'm telling you, I am overjoyed about this thing because this particular series, when the Lord released it to me, I was like, okay, um, it sounds awesome, God. Just, you know, order my steps. Tell me what you want me to do and what you want me to release to the people. And now we are already on Podcast 45, getting ready to close out. And Podcast 45, again, will be coming out of the scriptures of Exodus 14 and 16, Exodus chapters 14 and 16. However, I will be reading Exodus 14, 1 through 15 to give you a bit of a backdrop on what's going on. And I'll touch a little bit in Exodus 13 at the very end of chapter 13 so that you can understand how we flowed into 14 and then how we actually anchored upon the scripture of 14 and 16. So I'm going to be in chapters 13 at the very end of chapter 13 in Exodus. I'll move into Exodus 14, chapter 14, and I'll go from verses 1 through 15. And then I will hinge our teaching today and anchor our scripture at Exodus 14 and 16, which will allow you to understand everything that God is doing in your life. How many of you know that God is magnificent? He's still high and lifted up no matter what it looks like on today. What I hear the Holy Spirit saying for you today is a breakthrough anointing. He's given a breakthrough anointing in this season. We have just a little bit ways to go to get out of this year into the new year if God so graciously gives it to us. And as we get ready to gain momentum and acceleration, he released that word maybe two to three weeks ago that with the end of the year coming into October, there would be momentum and acceleration toward the end of the race for this year. So he's going to speed up with momentum, putting his weight behind it. Come on now, momentum is the weight behind something moving at a fast speed. He's getting ready to put his glory behind that situation and he's going to press it forward so fast. It's almost like the people are gonna look at it and be expecting one thing. And when he puts himself behind it and his authority and push that thing forward, how many of you know that when God opens the door, no man can shut it. When God closes the door, no man can open it. He's getting ready to blow the hinges off that door and move things forward for you in this particular hour. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. He's saying, you know what? There's a breaker anointing that I'm releasing even now. And if you were received with the words of the prophet on today, and allow it to hit your heart and just say, I receive. I want to hear you say, I receive. Just say, I receive. I receive this breaker's anointing. I receive this revelation that the prophet of God is giving. And you're going to begin to see your situation in a whole different perspective. How many of you know that perspective makes up just about everything in a situation? Because if you don't have the right perspective, you can see something that's harmless as harmful because you have the wrong perspective. So let's jump right in today. I'm at Exodus uh, 
actually, let's go right into 14. I'm going to read uh, 1 through uh, 15. And this is um, basically the Lord giving Moses some instructions. The Lord is going to sitting down telling Moses some instructions. This whole portion of the story is when the children of Israel had came out of Egypt from being in slavery. And Moses is on the scene now as their deliverer. He has went through the whole uh, rendition of uh, telling Pharaoh to let my people go. You know, for those that aren't familiar with it, uh, Moses shows up when the people are in slavery and he's he's been sent by God after he has his experience with the burning bush and God gives him his mandate to go and get the people and be a deliverer for them. So he goes, he talks back and forth to Pharaoh on several different occasions to get Pharaoh to let the people go. Pharaoh finally gets to the place of letting the people go after multiple uh, things that had happened. There was multiple plagues released. Uh, the water was turned red into blood. They had a plague of frogs. They had a plague of locusts. They had a plague of lice. They had multiple plagues and things that were pushing up against Pharaoh, what I call warning signs to say, the Lord is making a command and I would think that you should follow it. But need it be that Pharaoh continued on till he got to the point where that particular warning had to come into direct contact with him. And what I mean by that is sometimes we can go through something or the people around us can go through something. And until it becomes a direct impact to them, they won't make a decision. They won't make a decision to do what it is that they know what's right to do. It has to impact them in a heavy way. And this is what happened to Pharaoh. He had an opportunity to do things right and let the people go many, many plagues ago. At the first plague, he could have let him go. He could have let him go even before the plague came when Moses showed up on the scene to say, the Lord said, let my people go, but he chose not to. He chose to operate in and of himself. How many of you know that we can get in trouble when we choose to operate in ourselves and ignore what the Lord is telling us to do? I decree and declare in this season that you will hear that still small voice, that you will not ignore that still small voice, that you will operate according to what that still small voice is saying to you. That still small voice is the Holy Spirit that's left here to lead and guide you and me into all truth. If we ignore what the Holy Spirit is telling us, we are simply putting earplugs in our ears and telling God we're going to ignore the truth because the, whole, the Holy Spirit is the truth. He's the truth and the truth comes to do what? The truth comes to set you free. And where the spirit of the Lord is, come on now, when the Holy Spirit is, there is liberty. When the truth comes to set you free, it's going to allow you to operate in a level of freedom that you would not have attained had you continued on the path that you were on. See, it's, a, it's crucial that you understand that. The truth will set you free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That liberty is a freedom in there. And when, the, when you operate in that freedom, you are set free to understand what the truth really is about the situation. Well, let's continue to go on through these scriptures. So at the beginning of 14, when you hear me read, you'll hear me talking about the Lord talking to Moses, giving him some battle plans. So basically the Lord is telling him exactly what's getting ready to happen as he gets ready to do a, a maneuver inside of this big story that's happening. He's telling Moses, hey, do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This is what you can expect when you, when you do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And then this is going to happen. But overall, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to get you to your expected end. So basically the Lord lays out the battle plan 
Moses says, okay, Roger, that I got the battle plans. I'm getting ready to go out here and tell the people what they need to do. And we're going to operate accordingly. But how many of you know that even though the Lord provides us with these great battle plans, sometimes our flesh can get in the way. Sometimes people's flesh can get away of the plan that God has put upon your life. How many of you know that sometimes you can be doing all that you know how to do and the Lord says you need to stand and stand and stand again. The reason you need to stand is because he needs to come in and intervene right now and people need to now see the mighty move of God. He's like, I'm aware that you've done all that you can do, Moses, but it's time for me to show up in my power and in my might so the people can recognize that you didn't show up in, in and of yourself. You didn't show up by yourself, Moses. You showed up with my momentum behind you, with my glory behind you. And I'm going to push you forward with great acceleration in this season because I called you to this. How many of you know when God has called you to something, no one can stop it. No one can stop it. So we're, we're in 14 and one. This is how it reads. Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Tell the people to march towards Fintharoth between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore opposite of Balzaphon. Then Pharaoh will think those Israelites are confused. They are trapped between the wilderness and the sea. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. You need to catch that and float that as a balloon. The Lord is saying, once again, I am going to harden his heart, meaning that once again, even though he should listen to this, he's not. Let's continue on. It says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. I plan this so I will receive great glory at the expense of Pharaoh and his armies. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the, so the Israelites can't there as they were told. Now get that. The Lord has laid out a set of instructions. He basically says, all right, I'm going to harden his heart. I know that y'all are going to be headed out doing what I told you to do. And he's going to begin to chase after you. He's chasing after you because this is a set of events that I've caught to spin into motion. Hello. I need for you to stay with me right there. The situation that you in, God is very well aware of it. He's not up in heaven confused as if he missed it. He knows exactly what's going on. There's a sequence of events that must be played out. Catch that. There's a sequence of events that must be played out so God can get his glory. We cannot circumvent the process. I tell this to people all the time whenever I'm teaching them. You cannot circumvent the process. The word of God is clear when it says the student is not above the teacher. What that means is the student is not above the master or the teacher, however your Bible reads. That means you can't take a shortcut. Jesus Christ came and walked through the entire process, not skipping a beat in total execution of what his father wanted. He did not try to take a shortcut. He walked through it, hit every step so that the lesson could be learned so that we could be free on today. So you are not above the master. We have to walk through the process. So he's telling him, this is going to happen. I'm down at Exodus 14 and I'm reading verse five. When word reached the king of Egypt that the Israelites were planning to return to Egypt after three days, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds. Remember, he already told him this was going to happen. So Pharaoh is at the house relaxing. He thinks about what just happened and he's now changing his mind and he's thinking about it. The reason he's thinking about it is because he's saying, wait a minute, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I shouldn't have let the people go, but I would even take it a step further. Pharaoh realizes at this point that he's caught a whole economic downturn. 
Get that? A whole economic downturn. You say, well, why would you say that? I say that because the people are working for him. They're working for him. He's getting work out of them that's producing and running his economy. He, when he let them go, he's let a whole economy, a world system, uh, um, money that's being made. He shifted his whole economy. He took him three days to realize the decision that he made. But either way, he's woken up on the third day and he realizes that, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to do this. This is causing problems. Not only that. If you go down to verse verse five, where I'm reading that, it says Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind. So even his officials, they probably were at breakfast that day. They probably was talking about it and saying, what are we going to do? How are we going to do all these original plans that we expected? Because now the people are gone. Who's going to do it for us? And they're all sitting there talking to Pharaoh. And it says, what have we done? Let all of these slaves get away. What have we done? They asked. So Pharaoh called out to his troops and led the chase in his chariot. So he's now come to the conclusion that I can't do it. I thought I could do it, but I can't do it because I'm not, I'm going to be losing out on my money. My stocks are going to go down. It's just going to be a whole bunch of stuff going on. And I'm getting ready to go out here myself and I'm going to fix it. And so he goes out. And it says that he begins to chase them on his chariot. And it also says this. He took with him 600 of Egypt's best chariots, along with the rest of the chariots of Egypt, each with the commander. The Lord continued to strengthen Pharaoh's resolve, and he chased after the people of Israel who had escaped so defiantly. All the forces in Pharaoh's army, all of the horses, the chariots, the charioteers were used in this chase. The Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore near Fenth Rock across from Balzaphon. As Pharaoh and his army approached, the people of Israel could see them in the distance, marching toward them. The people began to panic and they cried out to the Lord for help. Okay, we're going to stop at verse 10 and then I'm going to jump back in. I want to do some explaining right now. Let's break this down because that's like a buffet and we need to go ahead and serve every piece properly so that you can be able to appreciate it. So what has happened is, remember I told you, Pharaoh realizes that an economic downturn will happen, has happened because I've let everybody take all the money out the stock market. I've let everybody take all the money out the bank. The, these people were working for free. They're slaves. They're doing whatever he wants them to do. They're building his towers. They're serving his food. They're tending to the, the uh, grain. They're tending to the olive trees. They're tending to any fruits, pomegranates that are laid out. They're attending to everything. If you can catch that picture there. They are the economic systems. Come on now. They are the economic system in and of themselves because the works of their hands are bringing blessings to Pharaoh. He realizes I can't do this. So he jumps on his chariot, not by himself. He grabs the best men. It says he grabs the best men, his commanders, and the best chariot and charioteers. So he's grabbed the best people, the cream of the crop. I'm talking about the, the, the cream of the crop the best people, the, the number ones, all his number ones. And he's headed that way to chase the people. Come on now. He's grabbed all of his best people as he chases the children of Israel. Now notice that uh, back up at the beginning of chapter 14, the Lord said this was going to happen. He told Moses, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart, which is now confirmation. He woke up on the third day talking to his officials saying, we, I'm going to go after the people. He's on his chariot chasing them with his best commanders. The Lord said, then Pharaoh's going to chase you. So he's saying Pharaoh's going to chase you. So don't find this strange. It says, 
Think it not strange when these fiery darts come your way. The Lord is saying no weapon formed against you should prosper. Just trust me that I have a plan. So Pharaoh is on his way. I'm at verse 10. Moses, I'm sure, is calm at this point because the Lord has told him this is going to happen. But this is where the story gets a little bit sticky. How many of you know, as God is playing out a set of events in your life, in your situation, even now that you thought was going to overtake you? Uh, yeah, I'm speaking to that situation. That situation that you thought that you lost, that situation that looks like you're getting ready to kick out, get kicked out of your home, that situation that looks like you, you it's just like it all, it's all over. It's a failure. Matter of fact, you already threw the white towel in. You didn't even give it an opportunity to finish playing out. You've already preached the preached the benediction over that thing. The Lord is saying, nope, nope, it is not done yet. You still have not yet seen my glory. It's done when the fat lady sings. It's done when God says it's done. How many of you know that God has a sequence of events that he's playing out even now in your situation that he's going to bring glory to himself? And not only that, because you're a child of God, you're going to be blessed because you're inside of the circumstances. You know how you have a and certain things, guilt by association. This won't be guilt, but you're going to be blessed by association. How many of you know that? Blessed by association in this situation. God's doing an inside job on that situation that you think is not going to work out. God is setting it up so it looks like it's not going to work out because he's trying to show himself big and strong to the enemy, the opposition that's against you, and he's trying to prove himself to you. So you would know that when he says that he's going to take care of you and he's never going to leave or forsake you, he's a man of his word. The word of God says that he's not a man that he should lie. He being God or the son of man that he should have to repent. He don't got to repent. He's never repented. Hello. He's never repented. He's not like us. He's not a man. He don't lie. He don't know how to lie. That's not even in his, his pedigree. That's not God. That's not even his attributes. He's saying, you're going to see me high and lifted up in this situation. I'm in Exodus 14. I'm going to uh, verse 11. Then they turned against Moses and complained. Now the people are now turning against Moses and complaining. And the reason they're complaining is because they are between, remember the Lord told them they can't between the wilderness in the sea. So they're between the sea and the wilderness. They are caught. How many of you know when we say you caught in a pickle? What that means? Being caught in a pickle means that, okay, wait a minute. This is water in front of me. The wilderness is behind me. And the wilderness has uh, Pharaoh and his best men coming towards me. All I see is horses, a bunch of the best men, charioteers, and dust in the air. Something's going to have to give here. Something's going to have to happen because I'm looking at water, and if I get in the water, I'm liable to drown. You got to think they're not thinking anything other than what they can see with their senses. That's why being in the spirit in this season is so important. That's why flowing in the right direction is so important because had they went in the wrong direction, which in this verse that I'm reading, they was trying to flow in the wrong direction. They was trying to go in the opposite direction of the flow because they didn't understand what was going on. They didn't understand what was going on. When there's a true move of God, everybody's not aware of the true move. Everybody's not aware of what's going on. And because we are creatures of habit, when something is happening and forcing us to change in a different direction that we're unfamiliar with, we want to hit our default button. Our default button is to push us back to what we know and what we're comfortable with. They're in a place where they're getting ready to be pushed back, trying to push themselves back to default. But the Lord is saying not so. Okay, go back to uh, 14 verse 11. Then they turned against Moses and complained. Why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? We're, we're there. Okay, we, we aren't there enough. 
weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Sorry about that. They're saying, weren't there not enough graves in Egypt? So basically they saying we should have stayed in Egypt, but we was dying in Egypt. We might as well stay there because now oh, we're going to die here too. And then it says, why did you make us leave? So that now they now they blaming Moses. This is what we do when the situation gets to a place that we don't understand what's going on. Then we play the blame game. How many of you know we play the blame game? We blame every and anything that's in the situation other than ourselves. They don't want to take responsibility. They had a choice. They didn't have to leave out. They could have stayed. Then when Mo they could have stayed, they made a choice to follow Moses. Now they're in the middle of the uh, situation, and because they can't see what it's going to be, they uh, uh coming up in mutiny. They're uh compromising their thought process. They're letting the enemy uh put pressure on them, put them in a corner to make a decision that they would not make if had they not been under pressure. Now let's stay with this. I'm at twelve. Didn't we tell you to leave us alone? While we were still in Egypt, our Egyptian slavery was far better than dying out here in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. The Egyptians that you see today will never be seen again. Moses is standing on that thing. I like this because we need leaders around us. How many of you know that you need leaders around you that can stand in the fight? You need leaders around you that's equipped for the fight. I'm not saying these play play leaders. I see them all the time. I see them on my job. I see them at um, when I'm just uh, doing inner everyday things. I see what, what I call play play leaders. I see them in the house of God. When the situation gets heated, they start going in the wrong direction. When the situation gets heated, they begin to cave. They say all this stuff that they're going to do before it happens. But when the situation gets heated and it's time to do some real, what I call biblical critical thinking. Yeah. Biblical critical thinking. And, and you got to really go to the principles of God and they don't just pop up out you at you. You have to get that word and you got to search that thing out and say, I'm looking for my situation. There has to be an answer in here because the master teacher told us that there's nothing new under the sun. The master teacher being Solomon, not the master teacher as in Jesus Christ. I'm saying the master teacher of wisdom told us there's nothing new under a sun in Ecclesiastics. He says there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that's going to happen that has not already happened. So why am I acting on crazy right now? See, that's the, that's the kind of approach that I take. And I see people under pressure, caving instead of grabbing a word, pulling on to God instead of praying, instead of fasting and tapping into all those things that the Lord has told us to do and recognizing that God is still high and lifted up recognizing that he's never going to leave or forsake us, recognizing that he's working it all out for our good, recognizing that Jeremiah 29 and 11 is reigning supreme, that he knows the plans that he has for you. It's not to hurt you, but it's to prosper you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. This is what the Lord says to us, but we will find ourselves caving under pressure. Now watch this. I'm down in verse 13. I'm in Exodus 14, 13, but Moses told the people. So Moses are telling the people because they was complaining and murmuring and saying they should have stayed in Egypt. Who would want to stay in slavery? Think about this. Think about this. They are saying they would rather be in slavery than to be free. See, this is how I know it can get very critical when you trying to get somebody to an expected end. They want, they've been in this situation so long, become comfortable with it and they know what to expect. I don't want to change. I don't want to do nothing different. I'd rather sit here, be oppressed, be beat down, be ignored, uh, feel less than myself because at least I know what's going to happen with this devil. If I go somewhere else, I don't know what it is that might happen on the other side. And we can't be like that. We have to trust that God is always wanting us to keep moving and to be moving forward in him, that he always has things that are better for us. Our best days are in front of us. They are not behind us. They are in front of us and we must continue to move forward. It says that our uh, 
latter rain, come on now, will be better than our former rain. That means the days to come are going to be better than the days that I've already went through. And it, and I know that I'm right because as we walk this walk of sanctification with God and you continue to, to draw close to him and he draws close to you, he's going to begin to transform you through throughout this whole entire process. He's going to be renewing your mind daily. You're not going to think the way you used to think. You're not going to act the way you used to act. You're not going to dress the way you used to dress. You're not going to respond the way you used to respond. He's going to do a total transformation from the inside out and this is what he's trying to do for the Israelites see but it's a process it's not something that's going to be some overnight success this not no overnight success with God this is a process because when he's building something he's trying to build a solid tree that's planted by the water whose roots run deep and connected to him now I'm at verse 13 but Moses told the people don't be afraid just stand Stand where you are and watch the Lord rescue you. So he's basically saying, y'all stop complaining and just be quiet and stand and watch the mighty move of God. Because what he's doing is he's pulling back on what God told him. No different than when we go read the scriptures, you go pull back on what the Lord said. When you pull back on what the Lord said, it strengthens you because it's in him that we find our living and our moving and all that, our, our total being. It's in him. He's going to strengthen us when we pull that word out. So Moses is hinging himself in his spirit on what the word of God has told him in the conversation that he had with God previously. Then it says the Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. You won't have to lift a finger in your defense. And then you need to catch that. In your situation, stop trying to touch it. The Lord is saying, I will fight for you. You're not going to have to lift a finger. In your situation, you will never travel this way again. You will never see these Egyptians again. This is over for you. I decree and declare a breakthrough over your situation right now. If you would only open your eyes and see it, God has already delivered the success, the deliverance to you. He's delivered the breakthrough. It is done. You must open your eyes and get revelation of it. You hear me say this all the time. You must move from information to revelation. See, there was a time in this story where Moses received the information from God. And they had to move to revelation. When they moved to revelation, he's sitting here and he's now operating, believing and standing in it, telling the people, be quiet. You just sit here. You don't have to lift a finger. You will never see these people again. Sit back and watch the Lord take care of you. See, we got to get in a place where we know how to sit back and let the door be the Lord in our life. We got to sit back and let God be God. We got to sit back and see the mighty move of God. He's trying to bless us. He's trying to get something to us, but we get in it, touching it and bothering it. And it, it messes everything up. But I, I'm thanking God for the Moseses in my life. I'm thanking God for the people who know how to stand in my life, for the people who don't get in their emotions in my life. I decree and declare that in this season, you will not have people that are caught in their emotions in your life. You will have people that are grounded in the principles and the truths of God and that they are consecrated, that they are consecrated, that they might be able to ascend to the high place to get instructions for you to be able to operate in this season. All right, I'm at verse 15 and we're almost closing. I'm at verse 15. So we basically have covered verse 13 where Moses tells the people, don't be afraid. You don't have to lift a finger in your defense. Just sit back and watch God fight for you. Then the Lord said to Moses, listen to this. You need to catch this. The Lord is now intervening because he's what? He never sleeps or slumbers. Heaven is his, is his home. Earth is his footstool. He's looking down there watching the situation play out. He says, then the Lord said to Moses, 
Why are you crying out to me? The people are crying out to God. You got to think about this. Picture this in your mind. I think you need to run it as a cinematic video in your mind. You look up, you got the sea in front of you, the wilderness behind you, and all you see is a bunch of chariots coming, and you just know all that you've been through because this is like PTSD. is traumatizing. You've already had a traumatic situation already. You've already had it when you was in slavery. They was beating you every day. You working in the sun, no shoes, all this stuff. I'm sure it was a stressful situation. And now these jokers are after you. you they are after you. They are having a PTSD moment. They are having a serious uh, spiritual breakdown. And when you start having a serious spiritual breakdown, you got to woe unto me. You got to stop for a minute. You have to reconnect with God. You got to begin to worship him. You got to begin to anchor yourself in him. You got to begin to remind yourself that he's never going to leave you or forsake you. You got to remind yourself of who God is. You have to remind yourself of God's reputation, that it's flawless, that he's never lied, that he's going to carry you through this thing no matter how it looks. Sometimes you got to stop looking at the situation altogether. There's times I've had to turn my head from it and say, you know what? I'm throwing that on the back burner. Lord, that belongs to you. You said vengeance is yours. I'm going to hand this to you. You go ahead and do this. And I'm going to be about my father's business because I got stuff you need me to do. Because how many of you know, if you get sidetracked with the situation, the enemy is an accuser of the brethren. He lies and he steals. He cheats. He does all those things. So he's trying to steal the time away from you. Time is something you can't get back. Time can keep you off track with getting to destiny on time. He's trying to steal that thing from you by way of a distraction. Hello, I said it. I decree and declare that you will not be distracted in this season. I decree and declare that you will recognize that you are an overcomer through Jesus Christ. I decree and declare that you will walk in the things that God has called you to walk in in this hour and you shall be successful. I'm back at verse 15. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to get moving. I'm telling you on today, you have received the word of the prophet and the word of God on today. Get moving, get moving, get moving and flowing in the right direction of the Holy Spirit. Even now in the name of Jesus, get moving. Stop looking at the situation. Stop getting sidetracked. Stop getting on the phone, discussing it. Stop uh, texting it to people. Stop doing all this stuff. Stop sitting and playing it over and over in your head as a reminder. Get moving. The Lord says, stop crying about it and you need to get moving. Stop crying about it because he's saying, I've already delivered you from this. In Isaiah 65, it tells us that it sprung up. He said, have you not perceived that he's doing a new thing? It sprung up out of nowhere. When something springs up out of nowhere, it shows up in the middle of a dead situation. It shows up in the middle of when the opposition is against you. It sprung up, Isaiah said, out of nowhere. It just sprung up and it said, have you not perceived it? The Lord is doing a new thing right now for the Israelites. They are in a, they're in a tight situation. They're, they're, their back is up against the wall. They are trying to figure out what is going to happen, crying out to him. And he's saying, get moving. There's no need to cry. You need to trust that I'm God and I'm getting ready to do something. Get moving. And then it says, use your shepherd's staff. Now, this is our anchor scripture, y'all. This is our anchor scripture, uh, 14 and 16. 14 and 16, use your shepherd's staff. Hold it out over the water and a path will open up before you through the sea. Then all of the people of Israel will walk through on dry ground. Get that? Now, listen, when he told him, get yourself under control, get yourself under control. If I said I'm going to carry you, I'm going to carry you. If I said I'm never going to leave or forsake you, I'm never going to leave or forsake you. I am here for you. I'm more for you than the whole entire world against you. You got to get that in your spirit because they are they are actually playing that scripture out. 
the whole world. They got the whole, the best of the best charioteers after them. They, they got the king himself after them. Right now, headed the pharaoh, headed they way. He's leading the pack. I'm sure they are scared. And he's saying, no, you have a God that's bigger than that. You have a God that's much bigger. This is like a David and Goliath situation. You got a God that all you need is three smooth stones and you're going to win this thing. You need to praise me, trust me, and keep it moving. You need to praise me, get that, trust me, my three points, and keep it moving. In this situation, you need to praise God, trust God, and keep it moving. That's what I did. Praise God, trust God, and keep it moving. And you're going to see him come through for you. And look, what happens? How did he come through? And I'm ending. How did he come through? The Lord came through. Yes, he did. He already told him he was going to come through because you need to praise. Keep it moving. Come on now. Keep it moving in the right direction. Keep it moving in the right direction. The Lord said, keep it moving in the right direction. You need to flow in the right direction in this season. You need to flow in the right direction in this season so God can bless you. Come on now. You've already come through this thing. It's over for you. He's going to part the Red Sea for you. Your Red Sea that's going on right now, that situation that the opposition has you in, is going to part so clear and you're going to walk on through on dry ground. And when that thing tries to come after you again, come on, when it tries to come after you again, it's going to be washed away because you're in the flow and you're in the right direction of the flow. That thing can't fight you no more. That is over. It's going to try, but it's going to find itself lost in the Red Sea, and you will never travel that way again. You will never have to go through this situation again. This is over for you. Your breakthrough is here. All you have to say is, I receive it. I receive it, Lord. I receive it. Open my eyes to it. Help me to praise you to keep it moving in the right direction in this hour. And I'm closing. Oh, gracious heavenly father, Lord, we just thank you on today. We thank you for this awesome and this wonderful word of God. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in your people's lives. God, I decree and declare that even now they will keep it moving through their situation and they will praise you, God, and they will flow with the Holy Spirit in the right direction. Holy Spirit, we say, have your way. We admonish you on today. We say we love you on today. We say we love you, sovereign God, on today. We say we love you, Jesus Christ, for being led like a lamb to the slaughterhouse on our behalf. And so we are set free right now to operate and to hear the truths of God by way of the Holy Spirit. We say we thank you. We say we honor you in this season and we're going to sit back and receive our breakers anointing and watch the mighty move of God. Because guess what? These latter days are better than our former days. And I'm closing. I love you guys with the love of the Lord. I'll be releasing another series. I'll release the name when I come into podcast 46, but I'm praying your strength in the Lord and know that God is for you when the whole world's against you. I love you and I love you and be blessed. Thank you for listening. We're so glad you joined us on today's episode of Positive Thinking with Mrs. Colorful Day herself, Jasmine Baker. We know you are blessed today and we'd love to hear about it. Connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at Positive Thinking Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Mrs. Colorful Day and our message at Positive Thinking, go to www.positivethinkingpodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, you are blessed. Now go color your world.